Hello and welcome to God is Dad podcast. I'm Justin. I'm your host. I'll be joined in a bit by my friends Dan and Jake. And we are three dads trying to become better parents by looking at the example God sets for us and then trying to just be like him when we parent our own kids. Today, uh, it's almost Valentine's Day, so we're going to be talking about uh, romance, a little bit more marriage focused, talking about what we do for Valentine's Day, what our expectations are, why romance is important to God, what what his purposes are behind it, that kind of stuff. And actually, today's a pretty special episode because this is the first time we're actually going to incorporate our wives into the conversation. So this episode, it will just be three dads talking uh, and kind of answering those questions. And the next episode, we're going to bring in all three of our wives and ask them the exact same questions and see how that conversation goes. Uh, we've had some feedback that people would like to kind of hear the wives take on some of the stuff we've been talking about. Uh, and we thought that would be really, really important, really, really valuable to get perspectives from both sides. So uh, we're excited to do that. Hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, hope it gets you in the spirit of Valentine's a little bit more. All right, so I'm pretty curious about this romance conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think... I would say it is a common experience that uh, marriage changes quite a bit uh, as you, you know, as it progresses, but, but specifically as you have children. And I know that my marriage has changed. Yeah, I'm interested to have a conversation about how yours has changed and also do a little bit of assessing as to whether or not those changes are good, bad, or otherwise in light of the context of Valentine's Day. In my situation, I would say my Valentine's Day is a pretty good indicator of how my marriage has changed, I would say, and how we we expressed Valentine's Day pre-kids and then how we exp- express Valentine's Day, I guess, post-kids. First question would be how, yeah, just how has your relationship changed since you've had kids? How would you describe the change? I would say it has little to do with kids and pre and post marriage. Mm, really? Yeah. Anna and I talk about bait and switches. <laughs> like, what? What sort of things did I do <laughs> when we were dating that I don't do anymore? And so she she always mentions that I, I don't play guitar anymore because that was one of the things that really, really attracted her about me was that I was musical-ish. Uh, it was like not at all related to pursuing her or being a part of... It was just something about me that she liked. Uh Mm. And I decided not to, not to keep on doing it just because for a whole bunch of reasons <laughs> with our relationship. Yeah. The pursuit looks a whole lot different. Definitely for both of us, when it comes to showing each other that we care and love about each other. Yeah. I was a whole lot more active in writing notes or doing words of affirmation because there, I don't, I mean, you got to prove it. And you've got to get this person to trust you enough to like marry you. And so the only way to do that is by openly communicating how you feel about them. Now, like a lot of that is done through service and just faithful, loving the other person. Yeah, that's it's definitely changed quite a bit. (laughs) I was talking, I asked Anna, I, I think in my life, I miss a lot of opportunities for. Like Anna's been asking me, what do I want to do for my birthday for like two or three months? And there's always something more pressing on my mind than thinking about my birthday. You know, as we, as I was thinking about the question, I think that while 
I don't need that extra kick all the time in our relationship because we connect a lot. We make sure, you know, that we feel comfortable, have open communication, love each other, serve each other. I think she would appreciate more words of affirmation or more dedicated effort towards her in ways that are expressive and not necessarily just day to day. And so, because we were talking yeah. about the question of what are you going to do for Valentine's Day? And we, we've never been a vet, like we've never done anything for Valentine's Day. Neither of us have just never been like a holiday uh, for us mm. at all. Sure. And that's kind of what brought it on was I feel like I miss opportunities like that. What about you, Jake? Do you feel like it changed at all? Your relationship with Adrian? Uh, so we were married for two months. <laughs> And then we got pregnant. Yeah. And so it, it is interesting. Like, I I feel like, and even while she was pregnant, obviously we didn't have Elliot outside in the womb. But even when they're pregnant, you know, you're sort of forecasting. Yeah. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, it, like, being pregnant, especially, like, in the third trimester, tri, trimester like, that limits what you can do. And Sure. Well, yeah. I don't know. Just certain freedoms. So I don't know. It's... It's interesting trying to like look back and even like while we were dating because we we didn't like date for super long either and trying to think of like the before and after after Elliot but I would say in the day to day though it definitely changes it sort of goes back to the the spontaneity thing of man we just want to go out and do something or go out to eat or I don't know have an impromptu date night. Like the, those things are, are gone <laughs> at this point. So I, I think I, I made the realization even uh, close to a month ago. Uh, we typically take Elliot in church with us. We, we try to have him there during the sermon. And it was just. Oh, oh. It was a horrible Risky business right there. Like, I, I didn't realize how much. I did not like it until we stopped doing it. Because <laughs> I think well, while we're doing it, because we, we did it based on just the principle of like, hey, we want him to be a part of the worship experience. We want him to be with us to see like what, like what it looks like to learn about God. So I don't know, to see our family invest in, in church and God and whatever. But, oh man, it was horrible. Like, like one of us would be out outside of the sanctuary for 80% of the sermon of, of the worship set because he would just be running around everywhere. And so we, we finally were like, all right, we need to be consistent with this and we need to just take him down to, to his like age group Sunday school class. And it's been amazing. <laughs> so I don't know, like like doing stuff like that where find, finding the appropriate times to have space and to remove him uh, away from us has been really good and really bonding uh, for us. Mm-hmm. With that being said, we are not consistent at all with like doing date nights. So that, that's something that we're trying to figure out. It's a it's unique too because Adrian Adrian works I work and so that that's our biggest struggle right now is sort of the the parent guilt of what well, once you mm. do you you come back from work and, and you're you're like well haven't seen 
haven't seen my kid all day. Well, we're going to ship him off to a babysitter after he's been in daycare all day. And yeah, just, that's, in, that's in, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that's been the most difficult thing is trying to overcome the, the parent guilt. How do you, how do you think you end up approaching that? Like, well, I mean, but, I just mean like you obviously make that decision for a reason and like, that's not going to change presumably, you know? So like, what's, yeah. what's well, that? I, I don't think it has to be stated, but, uh, the, the mom guilt is greater than the dad guilt. <laughs> <laughs> on my end sure, uh, sure. so when, when when we do go on dates i'm 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 pretty uh okay with it <laughs> like this, this is good for him because it's good for us to have that time for me it's realizing the the long-term effect and realizing what it looks like to actually spend time together and to spend time alone i think for me it's i need to recognize how how valuable that time is and once yep. I see the value in it to make it then a priority, but it, it just takes time and effort. It's harder to take that extra step to find a babysitter. Like, it, it, it seems like just a, a pretty like minuscule detail that you would have to figure out, but I don't know. Just You just end up picking convenience over, over maybe what's going to be better overall for your relationship. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think, Justin? I'm like, I'm pretty curious to hear where you land on this. I mean, I think the, the first, the biggest change that I think I know is so, like, if I'm thinking about romance, I guess I'm thinking about whatever the feeling is, like the feeling of longing or desire for more of that person, kind of. Yeah. And, you know, with that comes kind of like what you were saying, Dan, is like the effort to prove yourself to them kind of, or to prove your love or to sort of earn yep. their affection and that kind of thing. I would say that certainly that that feeling has like dulled, but I would say that it, it's actually very similar to what you said. I think if you're a person that <laughs> where your your top love language is acts of service, then I think you're pretty golden in <laughs> marriage with children uh, because- Man, you I, know who I, I want to be married to? Who? Jake. <laughs> and always do the dishes. Jake would always do the dishes. I have my own Jake, and it's Adrian. <laughs> beautiful, a beautiful match. Uh, yeah, because I mean, as I was just thinking about the the times in this stage of life, feel that kind of affection for her, for her, or the ways that I want to express it. Ninety plus percent of the time comes down to serving her in some way, and even more specifically, it comes down to either like letting her sleep in or taking the kids away from her or trying to give her some space, you know, like letting her go back into our room and be by herself. And then I engage with the kids for an amount of time or take them outside or take them to do something, you know, like every time I remove the kids from her life, it's, it's sort of an act of service in a sense to her. I was going to mention that where you become the stereotypical Facebook post of, Oh, so grateful for my husband. He let me sleep in, he did the dishes and (laughs) took the kids away from me. Right. Yeah, I mean that to me that that feels a little bit like the the modern version of or not modern my current version of flowers and romantic gestures or whatever. I know it probably doesn't feel as romantic to her, but that's also because I don't think she's neither of us are acts of service people, you know. But if you are that kind of person, I think you're pretty, and you can kind of see that if you can see those those acts as romantic in a sense as a pursuit of of the person, then you're in good shape. I think that's a big yeah a big way it's changed. For me with that, I feel like the romance level, like 
maybe out of 50 if you just do that. <laughs> but if you vocalize it, I feel like it gets bumped up quite mm. a significant amount. Like, hey, I'm taking the kids so that you can, you know, because I love you and because I want you to have some freedom and have some time to do what you want. And if you throw in like $5 for coffee or whatever, I, I mean, I, you know, like whatever, like some like small gesture that that seems to be like a heat. Like mm, that's I cool. a lot of opportunities like that where it could just turn from like acts of service to like acts of service, words of affection and gift. Mm, that's yeah, I like that. That's real good. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that one for sure. That's that makes a big difference. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of times where she has not recognized that that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Or, you know, I, th- I think, too, because everybody has kind of these need, like the, the basic need for time away from their kids or a little bit of time to relax or whatever. And so you can kind of feel a little bit entitled to it, I think. Like, I've definitely felt that way when she's done it for me in that it's not it's almost like we both deserve it, you know? So like when you do it for me, it's, it's less about like an act of service and it's more about you just holding up your end of the bargain kind of, right? <laughs> wow. That's uh, it's like trading favors, you know, um, oh. which, yeah, nobody wants to do that because then you just start counting, you know, right. Counting That's chips gross. and seeing like, well, I did it five times and you did it three times. So therefore I'm ahead and you owe me and that kind of stuff, <laughs> which well, is that, the least romantic happens. thing you can say. That happens for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I think it would probably help me, own it too just mm. as a, yeah. a little bit more i don't know I, I own it for what it is and not sometimes i don't know complain or want it to end or that that take a take a worse attitude about it i like that the other thing too that i was thinking about with it in terms of just the, the attitude shift it's that this idea of um the like if you're if you're married without kids then the other in your family the other person is sort of the goal or the purpose yeah of the whole family of the relationship. Like if you, you know, you get home and you're like, you're my goal tonight. You know, you are the purpose of whatever I'm going to do for the rest of my night. You know, I guess yourself too is like part of the purpose, but, and then you add this, this whole other factor where, well, now all of a sudden I have this totally new goal. And rather than, you know, your spouse being the object of your efforts, they're now like the partner or your teammate in efforts, Mm -hmm. which inherently shifts it from a, romantic mysterious exciting endeavor into a cooperative (laughs) pragmatic strategic uh, endeavor yeah because like now probably 80 percent of our conversation is centered around elliot and what we're going to do with him and how we're parenting and what crazy thing he's doing now and how we're trying to keep him alive yeah totally so yeah i mean that that was just something that i'm sure every everybody that's married and has kids can relate to, but it sort of explained, I guess, to me, the underlying reason for like the diminished romanticism, I suppose. Then, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm curious, how do you feel about in terms of like how good or bad or or neither that is? It's definitely brought out uh, certain needs of our relationship and and of our marriage. Like it's forced us to communicate in ways and to clarify ourselves to to balance each other out and so i think in that regard it's been pretty freeing or or like it's freeing yeah of like of it's exposed parts of me and and it's exposed parts of adrian that i don't think we would have like known about each other until we had kids and so i think that's pretty cool so just yeah help me understand that 
Because I, 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 I would say, like, exposing a need doesn't feel freeing to me. It feels grounding. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe freeing isn't the, isn't the right word, but it, it just feel it feels like I know a deeper part of her. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's like, wow, I don't think I, I would have liked seeing that in you, or I don't think I, I would have seen that in myself. Yeah. And so I think the more, the more intimate we get in that regard, I, I, I feel like it frees up our relationship as a whole. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, just in terms of the 80% of our conversation is centered around Elliot or whatever number it is, that does become pretty exhausting sometimes. Sure. <laughs> Where yeah. I'm like, oh, I just don't want to talk about Elliot right now. <laughs> Man, April, that's a lot. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I obviously, there's no way to actually quantify it. Right, but, right, you know, right. you, you just, it just feels like that. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's not 80%, maybe it's only 50, but it still feels like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to get beyond that. That. Um, it, it just seems like every, and maybe that, that's just the necessity of being a parent. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you have to talk and you have to communicate about it, but it, it does seem like. I don't know what else we would talk about, but I just want to talk about other things. Talk about the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think right now it's because we, it, it feels like 80% because then when we, when we talk to other people outside of our marriage, we were talking about Elliot. Mm. And so yeah. when you see, your friends at church, you know, they're like, oh, how, how are the kids? Or how's Elliot doing? Or you're like, oh, man, he's doing great. And yeah, you know. <laughs> that is an experience that I do not have. Oh, dude. Well, I don't, I like. Like that no one wants to talk about the twins? Uh, people do. And actually, one of my buddies, uh, one of my high school friends used to do this. And I always thought it was really strange. Um, because he's a super charismatic guy. He's very, uh, like super funny, great storyteller, like, uh, like an actually good storyteller. I'm a terrible storyteller and people laugh just because I'm, I'm a bad storyteller, but you know, he's got comedic timing. He's interesting. But if you ask him a question that he's not super excited about, he, he's very, very somber or like he doesn't, you know, he's, he gives a, a couple sentence answer or whatever, and then he kind of moves on. Yeah. When people ask me about the kids, I generally, unless if there's something to talk about or share, I generally am like, eh, yeah, they're good. And then I move on because yeah. it feels kind of me to kind of like it's replaced. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm no, no, that, that's what it is for sure. Yeah. And so I say, oh, they're good. And then I ask, how was your week or what are you yeah. doing? Right. <laughs> Unless if something bad happens with them, yeah, you could probably assume what's going on. You know, like they're playing Legos, they're they're drawing, they're making scarfs or yeah, whatever it is. Maybe like people aren't actually interested in my child. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, just, it's just the easy target. <laughs> yeah, to talk about because he's yeah. right there, just running around, and you're like, oh well, let's look at him and just. Literally, just say, 
just say exactly what he's doing at this moment. <laughs> and that's all our conversation is. I'm sounding very cynical right now, but... <laughs> uh, no, I, so do you feel like overall your experience yeah, is positive, negative, or neutral in terms of like the romance value, Jake? I would say at this point, probably... It's probably slightly above positive. I, I would say the the hardest or the biggest drop-off with having Elliot is probably we really like to write. And so mm. that was our big, like, sort of romance wooing each other is that we, mm. we would write to each other quite a bit, like short stories, poems, notes, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, definitely since Elliot's been, been born, the writing for both of us has, it's almost to, to zero. Mm-hmm. so yeah, sure I, like for her birthday uh i ended up writing her uh she turned 30 so i wrote her 30 haikus uh, <laughs> but i had to pick haikus because i was like it's structured like it's yeah. a format that i can't deviate from <laughs> so right. and then yeah they're super short <laughs> yeah so like I could, it, it still took me a while, but I was like, oh man, if I don't like give myself an actual like structure, I'm never gonna be able to to write anything. And so that that was a good uh, step <laughs> to get my right to get my romantic writing back on track. Uh, I think time and then create creative energy is for some reason it feels you you just feel like you don't have it. So if you would say rated is slightly positive, you would say no, like those changes aren't aren't that big of a deal or aren't that big of detractors overall. I would say that they are like those would be the biggest ones. But I would say that there's something about like having him and like just having him in our life that yeah. brings up like this deeper level of love and connection and commitment to each other. That's so big that it like bumps it up, <laughs> but yeah, cool. bumps it up into the positive. Um, yeah. And the, in the day to day, it's, it's just hard to have that spontaneity, like that spontaneous, just romantic woo moments. But when I take a step back and look at our, look at our family as a whole I'm like oh man this is like I love this this is amazing I feel super loved by how much she loves Elliot how much she loves me through it yeah it's great yeah that's cool perspective I'm I'm trying to get my mind around the question you know I I guess I just feel like the stereotypical exhortation for the Christian male would be you have to keep trying to pursue your wife right at at all costs you have to keep that level of romance up as high as you can because because that's just the advice because that's just like what's supposed Mm -hmm. to be good you know and i obviously understand very much that idea it would seem like well of course why wouldn't every wife in the universe want continue to want that you know like it's it's not something that any wife has said "Ah, i've had enough you know (laughs) why wouldn't the the recommendation be to push it really hard but also i think you look around and almost every maybe not almost maybe every marriage would be would have the exact same experience where it it naturally takes a steep nosedive either either after marriage or or whenever there's kids i'm not i guess depend probably depends on the on the couple and so i'm just trying to reconcile in my mind like how what i what i actually think about that because it doesn't feel like everyone's 
um, sinning uh, <laughs> when the when the romance leaves. You know, it doesn't it doesn't seem like every Christian guy is just like being super lazy or dropping the ball. Yeah, I guess the thing that I'm sort of curious at is like how you just reconcile those ideas. Like, is it a problem if that happens? How much how much are you dropping the ball? If you're not dropping the ball, then why is it good? If it's not a bad thing, then it must be like a good natural progression. Because I would just say that for me, the just the difference is the energy. You know, like I'm a, I'm a I guess yeah. I'm a finite, I'm a finite being, and right. <laughs> without children, there was a lot of energy that I had to express in lots of different ways and put in lots of different places. And one of those places that I could put it was towards Nicole. You know. Yeah. And. Every every child you have, I mean, you yeah, you said it, you said it in terms of creative energy with your writing. I would just say in terms of any kind of energy, <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, just, just all of them. That there's less of it, and so then naturally, because there's less all of all energy, there's also a lot less romantic energy, you know, which isn't an excuse, but it's it's a reality. And so I guess I'm just one I'm just wondering how that reality rightly fits into marriage, but in the context of a family. Ah, uh, I think that's. Just bad advice. I just think it's like reductionist, simplified. Like keep romanticizing your wife. That that advice. Yeah, at the same level prior to being married or prior to having kids. Like I'm not sure it would the the, ever the statement would be continue at the same level. I mean, I think that would everybody knows that's that's unreasonable. But I just feel like the impression I've gotten is that there just all there's always more you could be doing. You know. Like you need to be doing more, but but I guess you know part of the question would be like how do you determine what's an acceptable amount of romance in your marriage? Maybe I'll we'll have to ask Nicole. Like what is there ever a, an amount that you would be tired of and that you'd be like, eh, no no thanks or <laughs> you know no more? If I asked Adrian like what would be the most ro- romantic thing for you to for me to do for you, mm-hmm. it would I think it would be she would just say intentional time. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, these little surprises or, or anything like that. I think the thing that we are, that we realize that we have become most hungry for after having a child is that intentional time together. Mm-hmm. Where, sure. and, and by intentional, I don't mean, like, oh, we're finally alone after 10 hours of our day and we can... Uh, like, like that, that ends up happening quite a bit, but at that point, you know, it's like eight o'clock at night, the kids are in bed and you're like, oh gosh, we're tired. Like, let's turn on Netflix or a movie or something. So, I mean, not, not even just alone time together, but time that we can actually engage with, with each other, uh, talk, uh, evaluate, you know, the family evaluate what's what's been happening in our lives how we're growing with god what what he's saying to us what we're saying to him i just feel like that is something that we're always like how how do we get that yep and i we we don't have the answer to that yet for me that that would be like the realistic like bar to set in terms of yep. like what romance would look like like all those little things like, oh, I wrote her a poem and I left it, you know, on the counter. Or I gave her flowers or whatever. Like that, like those would be great. Uh, but I don't think that's uh, sustainable. And so I feel like the, the intentionality of just actually engaging with, <laughs> with each other, even if it's 
getting into the routine of doing it like just once a week or something like that uh, where it's not where it's actually the priority and not the oh well we finally got some free time so i guess we can like put it in i think once that becomes a priority that that would be the the bar i would set Mm -hmm. i'm surprised to hear you ask the question justin this seems like a very non-justin-esque practically seeking like a lion or a bar you know because like jake's right like there's all these factors uh Mm -hmm. so like maybe i'm not understanding your question or maybe i don't understand like the fine point of what you're trying to to drive at but let me ask it a different way my question is how do you know if you're just being a lazy husband (laughs) (laughs) or if you are or you're not (laughs) uh how do i tell if i'm doing a good job like you know quote pursuing my wife or romancing her or making doing enough to make her feel loved or putting enough energy into that specific type of thing oh, how would you what would be your answer what would be my answer yeah. uh well as i'm thinking about it i think that probably what i will do is just ask her uh yeah i know i uh, i was gonna say that i haven't even asked adrian that. <laughs> yeah. i think that's what i'm taking away from it because yeah. i think she has a fairly realistic attitude about what our life is like and what is reasonable <laughs> to expect <laughs> and i mean also you know there's there's the reality that you know if i was to devote lots of energy and effort towards her then that would have to come from somewhere because like i said I, you know we're, we're finite and so there is there's not just limitless balance of energy inside of every person you know like one like i guess one thought i had that was kind of interesting was i really feel like the same place in my heart that my romantic gestures or romantic, my romantic love came out for her when we were dating or engaged or early marriage or whatever is like the same place that sources the, the types of feelings of affection that I have for my children. Like I feel these natural bursts of affection and energy towards my kids where I'm like, oh, I really want to do this for you or I really want to create this experience for you or I really want to spend time with you in this way because they're my kids and I feel that way. And I really feel like those feelings that I get come from the same place, I think, in my heart that the romantic sort of type of love comes from as well. To me, almost the natural progression of my romantic, or that that part of me has like shifted from romance onto her into this kind of fatherly affection and involvement with my kids kind of, which is kind of interesting. It almost feels like, what I think I would want to to express to her too is like, you know, I, I mean, I guess because we made those children together. So like in, in them is a part of her, right? And so in some senses, when I feel that way towards them and when I express my love to them in those, in those ways, in a, in a very, in a removed sense, but, but in a very real sense, I think too, it is kind of a romantic gesture towards her, you know, because those are obviously beings that she cares about more than anyone in the world. And so when I'm doing my best to care for them, in some ways I am also expressing that to her in, in a way um and so i think she she probably i think we probably kind of intuitively understand that that energy is finite and that if i will if i was to devote more to her in a more traditionally romantic gestury way then that would mean less of that energy could be poured into them right and i think she as their mother would actually probably care more about that care more about them receiving that type of energy and focus than she would care about it for herself in the same way that I think I would feel the same way. 
that from her, like from her to them would be more important to me in a lot of cases than from her to me. Interesting. Uh, question that off of that would be challenges my notion of who is like who is the most important person in your life. Because yeah, I mean, it seems it, like those, you know, kind of blend together because I would always have said the line would have been drawn pretty easily at Anna. She's the person I've made a covenant with. She's the person who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. You know, like my kids, you know, take second place. But that kind of like blurs the line for me a little bit of like, mm. you know, yeah. just the interrelatedness of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you think it's that point. clear cut or like, because I see, I mean, easily right. what you're, that, that's like really compelling. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? It's, it's all about ratios, I guess. If you're thinking about dividing your energy, <laughs> you know, of like, you know, yeah, you, you just have a finite amount of energy. What percentage are you going to devote to your kids and what percentage are you going to devote to your, to your spouse? And I would definitely say, I would agree with you that our relationship takes precedence over, over our children's. But the reason that is, is because, you know, I'm, I'm just a big believer in the whole, when one person wins, everybody wins. And when one person loses, everybody loses. And that's kind of an attitude we're trying to foster in our family, especially between our between siblings, right? That like James doesn't win when Cameron loses and Cameron doesn't lose when James wins kind of thing. Like we all win together and we all lose together. If someone's not happy, then that means everybody's, you know, if, if something bad happens to someone, yeah. then something bad kind of happens to everybody. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. people say this, right? But But the reason that the spouse is the priority and the number one is because ultimately that blesses and benefits the kids more than actually making them the focus because when you when you put the spouse first the theory is that the whole family benefits and that ultimately you're actually like you can't really choose right spouse over kids it's actually not not possible in a sense because if you choose your spouse over your kids quote unquote then you're actually choosing your kids because that's the best thing for them that's just kind of like the win-win the win-win mindset right Um, so i guess win-win-win yeah i like win-win-wins sure (laughs) There's three parties here. <laughs> so then I guess that would kind of extend naturally to to that attitude too, in, in the sense that I think that I'm guessing that she would feel like I do in that she cares about our kids a, a lot. And she, she probably recognizes too that they have a greater amount of need, just period, I guess, <laughs> just full stop. They have a greater amount of need. <laughs> and so therefore they yeah. might have, have a greater amount of need for their, their father's energy poured into their life and kind of developing them mm-hmm. you know and her is a more autonomous more self-sustaining being is a little bit less needy and doesn't need as much energy poured into her from me and would actually rather than in that case have me pour that into them because mm-hmm. she cares so much about them because they're so much of a priority in her life she would actually say like i care about them so much that i'd rather have you divert more of your energy towards them than to me because they have needs and i care about them you know she cares about them more than she cares about herself really that, that's how I would make sense of it in terms of the spouse still mm-hmm. being like the priority. So yeah. if she started to suffer because I was putting, you know, that those ratios shifted too much towards the kids, then again, that would make everybody suffer. Yep. Yeah. And then it would have to shift back more to her if she wasn't getting her needs met. Yeah. As I'm talking myself through that, it makes sense then, then for me, the natural response to that would be to ask her and make sure, just continually make sure that she feels like her needs are getting met. Mm-hmm. And then if they're not, recognize that if I shift more energy to her, it's actually benefiting the kids and that kind of stuff. Sure. I do like the idea of myself too, you know, not just having her do it, but especially of me doing it too, where just like viewing any, any time she's like mothering my children and mothering them well and treating them really well to almost look at that as like a proxy romantic gesture towards me. 
because I really do think it comes out of the same place. And that, that makes sense, right? The natural progression of the family, like that romantic energy would kind of fuel the creation of children and then also fuel the raising right. of children. Yeah. So that, that was my, it. that was my like thought. It was like, yeah, just ask, asking, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys doing anything for Valentine's Day? Or do you do you plan on it? Do you do you, do you typically do things? Will you do something? Anything for Valentine's Day? <laughs> I mean, we typically don't. But I talked to Anna about Valentine's Day, and we both feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity for us. We've oh, never really done anything with it. Like every good American, we probably just don't. We we're too busy for resting and celebrating uh, each other. So I think it's a really good excuse to do something. So for for us, uh, this is going to sound like I'm the worst husband, the least romantic man in the history of the world. But we were we don't really do a whole lot like on actual Valentine's Day. Uh, we, we like at the most we'll do a dinner. We'll like make something fancy. I guess. So we like our February is like it's getting filled up pretty quick. So we we were trying to figure out like what would be just a good way to maximize like finding babysitters and at the same time still enjoying uh, Valentine's Day. We settled on we are going to watch uh, John Wick and Orchestra. <laughs> 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 I've been, uh, things for sure. Yeah, I've been uh, talking up John Wick uh, quite a bit. <laughs> oh boy! So we're like, well, we like, because I think the like this week and then the week after Valentine's Day, uh, like we're gonna be pretty busy. So we didn't want to go out and find a babysitter, and so we're like, well, we'll typically just watch a movie anyways. So Adrian was like, all right, as my way to love you. We will watch uh, John Wick. So I was like, "All right, <laughs> done." Not going to argue that point. Yeah, I'll look forward to a report from Adrian. Yeah, see if she feels uh, wooed by it. Yeah. <laughs> I told her I was like, "It's it's just a lot of fun." It, violence doesn't bother her. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think I think John Wick is so over the top and so ridiculous that it becomes like unviolent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not sure Adrian will see that, but yeah. Sure. (laughs) What about you, JP? I have really figured out in the last six months just how important aesthetics are to Nicole. She has always kind of said that it's really important or whatever, just like being in a nice space or being around pretty things is important. And I just haven't really, I hadn't really taken her seriously because I just thought it's just not a value of mine. (laughs) and i just it seems so i don't know impractical or just almost like imaginary yeah in a sense i just had a hard time imagining her getting as much out of a pretty experience as she actually does does that make sense Mm -hmm. Uh, i guess it's really not that different from like i think probably what she gets out of it being in a pretty space is similar to what a typical person gets out of eating really good food yeah. Versus eating really average food, you know, it's just an experience that happens in your brain. But for her, <laughs> being in a being in a good place is like eating your favorite meal or something. Yeah. And so I'm just gonna have to take her to the prettiest place uh, that I can find. I think. <laughs> wow. On Valentine's Day. Cool. Um, 
Uh, did you guys have any thoughts about the God and romance? Like, how, like, how do you think God, like, God views it, or what, what? Why did He put it in, and what's the value to Him? My thought was that it's the way everybody want to be wants to be treated. <laughs> yeah. Like Which is it, what? How would you describe how they want to be treated? Valued. I think romance is essentially just like a very next level expression of value for the other person. I think that's like why male relationships, like the trope is that like people have a hard time saying like, love you, bro. Or, you know, I really appreciated that you did that or having just open conversation with the other person about their values Mm -hmm. and showing that they like have care and affection for the other person. I feel like the main thing for romance is that I want is to know that I'm, that I'm wanted. Like that's the main thing that I want from Anna is just to know that I'm wanted and like that I'm valued and that she loves me. And that seems like it could be pretty universally applicable to the human race in general. Mm. And that's one of the huge benefits of like, of being married is that you have like reassurance a very real tangible reassurance. Hopefully if you're in like a loving relationship that you're wanted and that, you're worth putting up with, but not even just that you're worth being put up with that like that person wants to be with you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like that's the biggest benefit and probably a lot of the biggest hurdle that people have. One of the biggest hurdles in life is just knowing that they, that people want to be around them, mm. you know, and want to be, want to be friends, want to be, you know. Mm, I like that. That makes a lot of sense then why I felt like the feelings that I have for my kids kind of come from the same place. Mm. that the romantic stuff came from because it is if i was to put into words i guess that that would be the words that i would be feeling about my kids when i do that kind of stuff it's like i really just like i really really value you mm-hmm. you know you're so important to me yeah and it obviously gets expressed really differently but that is a statement i think it's pretty unique in terms of i think it's hard to get that from your parents for a kid to actually believe that yeah it's almost because it's just taken for granted right because there's never any doubt it, feels, me, more like, sp- yeah, well, it feels like my parents had to. So it never felt mm. that, that, that same way. Yeah, yeah, it I guess. Not that yeah. I didn't doubt that they loved me, but they had to. I was <laughs> so like it wasn't, it didn't at all feel like the same magnitude. Yeah. Of like a voluntary relationship. Mm. But it's so funny being on the opposite end because it's so true. Like it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> you know, for my kids, but I, no matter how much my parents told me or like showed me, it, as a kid, I never, I never had that real assurance because I always justified it some other way. I wonder if there's a way we can crack that code. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's probably the goal of parenting, right? Is to, I don't know, one, one, of the, one of the goals of parenting is to really, really help your kids understand how much you, <laughs> you love them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all God's probably trying to do is really just try to help everybody understand what, <laughs> right. how he actually feels, right? I mean, he's like... It's real and nobody knows. Nobody has any idea what it's yeah. really like. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Is there anything you bet your salvation on, Dan? <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Jake's the riskiest. I, I don't have anything either. I would definitely You're bet that. Proud. I would definitely bet that what Justin was saying, that we are finite beings. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or at least, uh, let, let me clarify, we are finite beings on the side of, of Earth, on the side of uh, existence, um, in terms of energy and what we can commit ourselves to. <laughs> Ooh. 
So you're clo- you're closing yourself off to the uh, the supernatural anointing of parental and romantic energy from from the hey, Holy Spirit, huh? Hey, I'm just saying <laughs> that even even Jesus uh, slept. <laughs> even yeah, greater so. things, Jake. Yeah, that's true. Oh, no, I appreciate the dice roll. All right, I gotta run. Sweet man. Well, right. have fun. I'll see ya. See ya. All right, thanks so much for listening. Like I said at the beginning, next episode we're going to release in a day or two, and that will be with all three of our wives answering essentially the same questions that we just answered. So if you're a husband who's been listening in and you think it might be kind of fun for you and your wife to listen to the same podcast, point her to that episode. I bet she'll like it. If you're a wife that listens, then you can look forward to hearing our wives uh, and getting to know them a little bit. Like we said before, we think it would be really, really fun. And one of the goals that we have is to create a podcast that would somewhat appeal to both moms and dads so that both could listen in order to spark meaningful conversations between parents about how to parent more like God. So if your husband or wife doesn't listen, maybe you might enjoy recommending it to them. Hope you have a good Valentine's Day and love and appreciate your spouse a little bit more. See you in a couple days. This is going to sound like I'm the worst husband, the least romantic man in the history of the world. We are going to watch uh, John Wick and Orchard.